Global stock markets are rallying strongly this morning after US inflation data was softer than expected. That drove down Treasury yields sharply and cemented in hopes the Fed's hiking cycle is finished completely. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ Chief Economist for Southeast Asia and India, Sanjay Mathur, sees a much healthier banking sector in India, adding to its ability to grow GDP. So we think that India's potential growth, just from this lending cycle, could be 30 to 50 basis points of incremental potential growth. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, the US Consumer Price Index was unchanged in headline terms in October from September. That was a bit softer than expected, which has unleashed a jubilant reaction on global markets overnight, says ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, from London this morning. The core number rose 0.2% against expectations of 0.3%, but particularly super core inflation, which is a measure of inflation in the services sector that excludes the shelter sector, that was soft to come in at 0.2 down from 0.6% the previous month. So really, on all faces that you can look at this CPI data, it was an encouraging report that inflation is moderating. Number two, cue the market celebration. The US 10-year Treasury yield fell 18 basis points to 4.45%, its lowest level since late September. Market expectations for a Fed hike next month dropped to zero for the first time in this hiking cycle. And markets now see the first cut in June rather than July, as was the case before the CPI data. Here's Brian to explain the strength of the move and why those expecting immediate relief from the Fed should be careful. Apart from the fundamental improvement in inflation that we're seeing at the moment, there's also FOMO, a fear of missing out. Why didn't you buy equities when they were cheap? Why didn't you buy bonds when they were cheap? So I think we're seeing a clamour uh, to invest in the market at the moment, which has very much been supported by these data. Is there a risk, though, still, that uh, the Fed keeps these rates higher for longer in an effort to really uh, stamp down on inflation and catches out some of those who are more confident of early rate cuts? I think absolutely. The FOMC will be pushing back against any idea in the market that there could be an early pivot on interest rates at any point in the next six months. The economy is still really strong. Aggregate demand is significantly above trend. The level of unemployment is below the level that is normally consistent with non-accelerating levels of inflation or Nairu. Wage growth is still above trend. And whilst the super core reading in October was good at 0.2%, if you look at the three-month moving average, that's 0.4%. That's annualising at between 45 and 5%. That's a very large aspect of inflation and consumer goods that consumers buy in the United States. It's still far too high. The Fed will not be taking their foot off the brake anytime soon. So as of five o'clock Australian time, the S&P 500 is up 1.8%, the NASDAQ up 2.1%. All this appetite for risk has pushed up the Aussie dollar to 64.92 cents and the New Zealand dollar to 59.86 cents. Number three, Australian consumer confidence has slumped after the Reserve Bank's rate hike on Melbourne Cup Day. ANZ's survey of consumer confidence last week found a fall in overall confidence to a four-month low. 
ANZ Senior Economist Adelaide Timbrell wrote that confidence about economic conditions over the next five years fell to its lowest level since April 2020, right in the middle of the COVID lockdowns. Number four, looking ahead to Australian labour force data due on Thursday, ANZ Australia's new senior economist Blair Chapman is forecasting a rise in employment of 27,000 in October and for the unemployment rate to nudge down to 3.5% from 3.6%. However, there was an unusual boost in the months because large numbers of people were employed part-time to run the voice referendum. The broader trend, though, remains soft, and the RBA is likely to look through that noise in October, says Blair. We think broadly that uh, anything, you know, a slight increase, slight decrease in the unemployment rate, a small employment change, they'll sort of be looking through. And if it's a large increase driven by part-time employment, they'll definitely look through that because they'll um, want to see it without the noise of the referendum in it. Number five. Looking ahead tonight, Brian will be watching US retail sales, and in particular, a number called control group sales, which are expected to slow to 0.2% for the month, from 0.6% the previous month. So if the numbers do come in as expected, that's going to be interpreted by the market as evidence that Fed tightening to date is beginning to have a desired impact on reigning in consumer spending. And I would have thought would help to fuel the current rally that we're seeing in financial markets. Conversely, if it's much stronger than expected, the market's going to have to take its breath and really think about, is the level of economic growth consistent with sustainable inflation? And what does that mean for US interest rates? Brian Martin there. Now, for our bonus deep dive interview, we hear from ANZ's Chief Economist for Southeast Asia and India, Sanjay Mathur, about how India's banking sector has changed and why that is set to improve India's underlying GDP growth rate. Yes, I think when we started with India's banking sector, I'd like to go back a little in history that just before the global financial crisis, Indian economy is very strong, but it was exceptionally leveraged. So we had a few years when bank credit growth had increased by 20% in annual terms. But what it also meant was as soon as the global financial crisis hit, corporates realized that this was the credit cycle as well as the investment was founded on a lot of irrational exuberance. And as growth conditions slowed down, thereafter, non-performing assets of the banks went up. And that problem became particularly evident in 2015-2016 when NPLs hit a peak of close to 13% of the overall loan book. Since then, a few things happened on the policy side. One, there was the establishment of a national asset reconstruction company that absorbed some of these NPLs. Uh, India came up with a modern bankruptcy code. To, to sort of punish the, 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 the recalcitrant debtors. And the third part of it was the tighter regulation that came around it towards banks uh, in terms of how they were sort of perceiving risk, et cetera. And each of these things paid off. So non-performing assets came down, capital adequacy ratios went up, and finally, combined with the fact that the Indian economy was showing a structural upturn, we now see a return of bank lending, which appears to be somewhat stronger than most other economies in the region. So we have bank lending now growing the order of around 15% year over year. 
And where is the lending going? Into what sectors and into what types of uh, borrowers? The credit is really flowing to uh, several sectors of the economy and is quite well spread across large firms, mediums firms and others. Within that, however, we see an interesting change. We do see the services sector receiving a lot more loans right now. And that sort of combines very well with the sort of innovation we are seeing in the economy in terms of fintechs, in terms of GCCs. So I would say it's a very healthy and broad-based expansion of credit at this point in time. And what sort of impact do you think this will have on the broader economy when the intermediaries are being more efficient and are uh, growing at a stronger rate? So our belief is that this would help India's potential growth rate. Uh, One of the reasons why India's sort of trend growth or potential growth was being curtailed was because the financial sector was quite weak. By our estimates, we think that India's potential growth, just from this lending cycle, could be 30 to 50 basis points of incremental potential growth. So that's quite a big positive. ANZ Sanjay Mathur there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday the 15th of November. Look out tomorrow for the detail on Australian wage inflation and what it means for interest rates. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.